Okay. Let go a little bit forward. Okay. Yeah. Have never met Tom in and his wife, Emily, Tony. We'll get to know them, all of them a little bit. It's always a real treat when our missionaries come in and we get to see them face to face. It's just, it, it's different than seeing a picture on the wall. So, <laughs> thank you for being here. I think so. Can you hear me? Yeah. Pretty great. Okay. It's great to be here. Uh, Okay, my name is Damian, but you can also call me Damien. As my wife was saying in Canada, sometimes I'm known as Dominic. So the name doesn't matter that much, uh, as long as it starts with a D, I guess. Um, but yeah, this morning uh, we're going to be going through the book of Jude. So second last book of the Bible. This is a first one for me. It's the first time I'm teaching a Bible, a Sunday school to my Bible school teachers. <laughs> so let's see if they, they're going to be grading me after, I think. I don't know. So no, no pressure. No pressure here. Let me, let me open in prayer before we read. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the freedom that we have here to meet, God, and to study your word. Uh, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would guide us and that we um, learn from this letter that was wrote to the Jewish people, God, uh, that we may find many things to apply to our lives and learn from it, God, and just pray that your Holy Spirit will open uh, our minds, our hearts, and that your word uh, would be in our hearts so that we can uh, live according to it. Thank you so much for uh, being so good to us, and just pray that your Holy your whole Spirit will guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we have the book of Jude, or the letter of Jude. It's a short letter, so I would like to, you don't mind, I would like to read through the whole, um, the whole letter, very short, 20. 25 verses, and then just comment on it as we go, uh, the different passages. So, Jude, a bond servant of Jesus Christ and brother James, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ, mercy, may mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation. I felt the necessity to write to you, appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all handed down to the saints. For certain persons have crept in and noticed those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, and godly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Now I desire to remind you that you know things once for all, that the Lord, after saying, saving a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe, and angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper abode, he has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since 
they, in the same way as this, indulged in gross immorality and went after a strange flesh. Are exhibited as an example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. Yet, in the same way, these men, also by dreaming, defy the flesh and reject authority and re revile angelic majesties. But Michael the Archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him a railing judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these men revile the things which they do not understand and the things which they know by instinct, by, like unreasoning animals, by these things they are destroyed. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain, and for pay they have rushed headlong in the error of Balaam, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are men who are hidden reefs in your love feast when they feast with you without fear, caring for themselves, clouds with a wire, carried along by winds, autumn trees with a fruit, doubly dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea casting up their own shame like foam, wandering stars for whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. It was also about this man that Enoch, in the seventh generation from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord came with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all the ungodly of all the ungodly deeds which they have done in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, finding fault, following after their own lusts. They speak arrogantly, flattering people for their sake, gaining for the sake of gaining an advantage. But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you, in the last time there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lust. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly mind worldly minded, devoid of the spirit. You beloved, but you beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting, save others and snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and make you stand in the presence of his, of his glory, blameless and with great joy, to the only God our Savior, Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, authority, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Okay, well, so we have this little guy that we're going to try to unpack a little bit, have an outline of it. So verses 1 to 2, we're going to find the greeting to this group of people. Verses 3 to 4, we're going to find the reason to writing, the reason why he writes to these people. Verses 5 through 7, uh, it's going to be a reminding, reminder of God's judgment in the past. Verses 8 through 16, it's a warning against false teachers. Uh, verses 17 through 23, an encouragement to, to persevere. And verses 24 and 25, a closing statement, and a doxology, a praise to God. So we start with the name of the author that uh, is given to us right away. Um, Jude identifies himself. Um, so we're going to have 
we, we are going to have uh, three other Judes or Judas in the Bible that we know of, uh, besides uh, Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus. So we are going to have Jude, Judas, the son of James, um, which is described as one of the 12, one of the 12 apostles. Then we have Judas of Arsabas, who was um, a companion of Paul. And then uh, in Matthew, Matthew uh, 13, verse 55, we're going to find Jude, the brother of Jesus, which uh, is whom we're, we can identify here. He identifies himself as the brother of James. And this, are the on, this is the only Jude that we know uh, was brother of James. The other Jude we have is uh, the son of James. Um, so we, we find that Jude being the brother of Jesus, he humbles himself. He does not ad- identify himself as the, the brother of Jesus in humility. He could have done that. But it um, seems like um, he rares not to. Maybe I was meditating on this, maybe because of a danger of identifying uh, himself um, as the brother of Jesus, trying to protect himself of being prideful, um, which is it's interesting because um, he could have easily done it. He could have uh, have a lot of street credits by identifying himself as the brother of Jesus. But maybe um, he decides not to do since um, in the Gospels we are told that he was a mocker of Jesus at the beginning. He was one of those brothers that did not believe. Uh, as a matter of fact, it says uh, in the Gospels we find that none of the brothers of Jesus believed in him until after their resurrection. Um, first Corin- sorry, um, yeah, First Corinthians tells us that Jesus appeared to James for some reason. Seems like he appeared to his brother. Uh, doesn't say that he appeared to any brother. But in Acts, we're going to find that Mary and her sons, the brothers of Jesus, after the resurrection, are waiting for the, for the coming of the Holy Spirit, um, the day of Pentecost. They are devoted to prayer along with Mary and waiting for, for the day of Pentecost. So we have Jude uh, giving us an example of hum- humbleness and maybe an example to protect ourselves not to identify as brother Jesus, even though Jesus himself has um, paid, he has bought us, he has brought us into the family of God. Uh, we are rightfully his brothers. But um, I guess there's a little bit of a danger when you identify as a brother Jesus. Since um, if you think of Jesus as a brother, you can maybe want to fight with your brother. But, um, uh, well, big brother Jesus is always going to win if you try to fight with them. Um, there's many titles that people give Jesus um, sometimes that I believe may be a danger. Um, Jesus called us his friends, and we are his friends. He is our friend. He made us his friends. But um, when, when we might have that familiarity with Jesus, uh, that affinity with Jesus, we might want to disagree with a friend. We might want to disagree with Jesus. Um, I never have never called Jesus my boyfriend, but some people identify Jesus as their boyfriend. You might want to break up with your boyfriend. Here, Jude calls, calls himself a servant of Jesus Christ, making Jesus his Lord. There is no room to disagree with him. There is no room to break up 
with him. There's no room to to fight with him. He's always going to be a lord. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I find it interesting that James in his letter does the same thing. He doesn't call himself a, a brother of mm -hmm. Jesus either. And I think the reason is to your point that uh, that would be identifying mm -hmm. as physical as opposed to the relationship that they both had with Christ mm -hmm. which was as Lord. In fact, James calls that out in his letter. He actually calls uh, Jesus Lord. Yes. And Yeah, that's right. And I believe it's better for us. It's better for us to protect from that danger, that affinity with Jesus, have that respect, know that he's Lord, that there's no room to disagree with him as a brother would disagree with Jesus. They disagree with him at the beginning. They mock him. They thought he was crazy. But then after the resurrection, things change. And he's no longer his brother. He's his Lord, even though we're brothers with Jesus in the family of God. Um, then the letter continues. Um, Jude gives us the reason to write. He says at the beginning, I was making every effort to write about our common salvation. He had in mind to write about our salvation, the greatness of our salvation, maybe something like uh, Paul wrote to the Ephesians, how we, in him, we have all these benefits, how salvation is so great, the salvation that Jesus provides to us is so great. But he says, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you can contend earnestly for the faith, to fight for the faith. In this, in this um, age, in this um, first century, already early in the first century, we had these false teachings creeping into, into, into the, the, um, the church. Uh, as a matter of fact, he says, for certain persons have crept in unnoticed. But uh, I want to I wanna, um, just highlight when he says, for the faith, the true faith, the real faith, he's, he's encouraging us to fight for that. And there's an interesting word that, um, uh, phrase that he says there, for the faith which was once for all handed to you. So what, what would that once for all mean? What do you think that once for all means? This phrase, uh, right, we're sealed. Uh, I think uh, this phrase is only repeated about five times in the Bible, uh, three of them in the book of Hebrews. And, uh, and it says once for all, maybe Ke Kelly can help me what once for all means in Hebrews. <laughs> gotcha. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> if we see um, Hebrews, um, we're going to find that when this phrase is, is used once for all, it's referring, referring to the sacrifice of Jesus, the, 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 um, the timing of Jesus that was once for all, was complete, nothing else was needed, was a perfect sacrifice for us. So he's saying this, this faith is the same. It's the only faith that we can trust. It's a complete faith. It's only faith that's going to make sense, the only faith that's going to save us, the only, the only, let's say, the only true religion that can save us. Now, that makes sense. Because we're talking about the Old Testament, 
talking about non-union cities. Just uh, for the uh, fact that Christ was, was uh, from the Lord, was the Lord himself, and was the, the God. And talking about the Democratic people, mm-hmm. <coughs> he was of the order himself, but himself was not so of a, a Levite kind mm-hmm. of line, so <coughs> otherwise he could actually die off, you know, off of the sins. This is what Paul predicts. Yeah, that's right. Like we see in the Old Testament, uh, sacrifices were presented once over and over again. Uh, the sacrifice of Jesus is a complete sacrifice. It's one that uh, after that we don't need to sacrifice anymore and we don't need to add. Uh, the same as we don't need more sacrifices. We don't need to add to this faith. There's nothing else we can add to it. It's the only faith that we need. So um, we have that there. Um, and then uh, we continue in the, um, uh, well, that's, that's his reason to write, as he says there. Many people has come. Uh, these people, uh, verse 4 says, they turn the grace of God into licentiousness and deny our only master and Lord. They are den- constantly denying uh, Jesus as Lord. Um, maybe another reason why, why um, Jude identifies himself as a servant uh, to make make um, the point that Jesus is Lord, uh, and they, they do as they please. Um, the following verses, five, five through seven, um, Jude is gonna remind us of the judgment that God has delivered in the past, um, how God has judged the people that live according to the flesh, that reject the faith. And we're gonna find three different examples of this. So the first example that he tells us um, is verse five. Now I desire to remind you, a great thing to do, remind ourselves of what God has done in the past. Um, that's our sinful nature. We, we, we usually forget. We, we, easily forget what God has done in the past. But Jude is here, even reminding them. He says, do you know all these things once for all? Again, you, have, you know all these things. You know what has passed in the, what things has, have happened in the past. You know how God acts. You know his judgment. So he, he's saying, uh, you'll, you'll know these things, but I'm gonna remind you of it anyway. Um, after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently, he subsequently destroyed those who, do, who did not believe. So we had all these people, huge nation, came out of Egypt, spent 40 years in the desert because of their disobedience. For the years, God was delivering judgment over those who did not believe. They could not escape this judgment. They could not full God, they spent 40 years destroying evil. In his grace, he was given time for them to repent. Um, and also for the older ones, the new generation to, to learn of the mistakes of their forefathers. But he spent 40 years um, destroying those who, after seeing all those miracles, decided to reject the faith. So Jude tells us to remember that. He, tells us about the angels, which is interesting. 
and angels, verse 6, and angels who did not keep their own domain but abandoned the proper abode, he, he has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So just imagine normal people did not escape the judgment of God. Now angels, these supernatural beings, mighty beings, they could not fool God. They could not go against God. Uh, they they filled themselves with pride and they tried to oppose God, but they could not overcome that God. God, God, um, God has kept them um, for judgment, for judgment. And the same way, if we, if angels, being mighty beings, did not escape the judgment of God, how much more should we fear God, we being mere beings made out of dust? And then he tells us one more example, uh, just as verse seven, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since, since they in the same way as these indulge in gross immorality and went after strange fle flesh are exhibited as an example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. So a whole nation, two nations and nations, cities, uh, cities around them were destroyed by God because of their unbelief, because of their uh, um, rebellion against him. They, they rejected the authority of God. They rejected um, even the authority of angels. And we remember the, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah when the angels go into the city. Uh, these people um, wanted to commit gross acts of immorality with these angels, and they, they did not even respect the angelic, um, angelic majesties, as uh, it says um, in the following verses. So we have this, this reminder of the judgment telling the people, hey, don't worry. Uh, if, if there are people that are creeping into the church, uh, they're going to receive the judgment of God. If they're unbelievers, they are unbelievers in, 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 the, in the congregation, they're going to receive the judgment of God. These people that came out of Egypt, they, were, they identified themselves as Israelites, as sons of Abraham. And that was just a name for them. So the same, there's a great danger for those who are nominal Christians, who just have the name Christian and don't live accordingly to what the scripture says and the faith um, that we know is to be true. So there's a danger for these people. There's a danger for them, and judgment is going to come upon them. Um, I don't know if there's anything anyone would like to add about those verses. So verses um, 8 through 16, we have a great warning against these teachers, these false teachers, these people that have crept in in the congregation. Um, saying, starting verse eight, yet in the same way these men also by dreaming, uh, these are people that are driven by their own desires, by their own dreams. They do defile the flesh and reject authority and revile angelic majesties. Just as they did in Sodom and Gomorrah, they don't even care for those um, um, Angelic beings, they reject everything, the authority of God, the authority of angels, and even um, 
and when it says angelic beings, even good angels and bad angels, they, they think they have, um, they're more than even the angelic beings. But Michael, the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the, the body of Moses, uh, did not dare pronounce it against him a railing judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Even, even Michael, this mighty being uh, appointed to God to, to that we see the example of, um, um, well, just a mighty being he, he, that could have easily um, blasphemed against Satan. He, he, he doesn't do it. He, he just um, recognizes that all authority belongs to God, that he is just a servant. And these people, verse 10 says, these men revile the things which they do not understand. They don't understand about uh, spiritual beings. They don't understand about the faith, the faith that they don't understand. They blaspheme against. They don't live according to it. They reject it. And that's uh, the warning that Jude gives about these false teachers. And I, and I think um, since it says like people has already crept in the congregation and the church, I don't think it's just a warning against them, but a warning to them in his, in his, uh, in his, um, as an act of love, um, Jude is not just warning them against them, but uh, warning these false teachers about it. There, there's judgment coming. Come on, wake up. There, there's going to be bad news at the end of all of this as you continue in, the, in this way. And he says, uh, because they don't understand the faith, because they don't understand authority, because they, they reject it, they are like animals. They don't persevere in understanding the faith. They don't have patience to study the word. They just, they just um, think of the faith as something stupid. And they, they, he compares them as unreasoning animals. They're just animals. They're just beasts. And they will be destroyed at the end. Um, Jude continues warning these people. Woe to them, verse 11. For they have gone the way of Cain. We have in Genesis 4, the example of Cain, how he was prideful, he was disobedient to the Lord. He wanted to do the things according to his own desires, to his own ideas, to his, according to the flesh. He did not offer a sacrifice that was the kind of sacrifice that God demanded, but he gave according to what he he had in his heart, uh, and, his, and he was evil. He was evil. Uh, um, verse 11 continues saying, And for the pay, sorry, and for pay, they have rushed headlong into the error of Balaam. Um, we're gonna, the Bible refers to Balaam many times. Uh, we're going to find in Numbers. 31, and then in uh, Revelation, we, 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 we find another reference to Balaam. But Balaam, uh, he loved money. As we remember, uh, Balak called Balaam to, to, to curse the Israelites when they com were coming out of Egypt, when they were coming into the land. And um, Balaam gladly went because uh, Balak promised him a lot of money. He was acting against God, even though God um, warned him. Uh, we see that at the end, Balaam uh, 
pronounce the blessing that God told him to, to, to declare upon Israel. But after that, um, if we continue reading in Numbers, we're going to see that Balaam stayed with Balak. He kept teaching um, uh, Balak uh, the evil ways. He incited the, um, the people of the land to, to, to go into the land of Israel and to the people of Israel in, and marry um, the Israelites so that they would come and worship the, the false gods. So Balaam was a stumbling block, uh, a stumbling block to the Israelites. Uh, and all because of the love of money. Um, verse 11 continues saying, And perish in the rebellion of Korah. Uh, Korah is another example that we find in the Old Testament, in Numbers chapter 16. Um, he taught high of himself. He came to, to Moses and said, like, uh, We are holy. We don't need you. We don't need you to be our leader. We ourselves can be our leaders. Why, why the leadership belongs to you. We are a holy people. Uh, we want to be empowered too. So Korah had that desire um, of power. He wanted to rule over others. So that's, that's the example he, gave, he, he gives us about um, people that, that um, reject the faith. And he compares these false teachers to Cain. Um, to Cain, to to Balaam, and to Korah, people that have that that made um, the sin against God, that were a stumbling block block to to our people. Um, verse twelve: These these are the men who are hidden reefs in your love feast, when they feast with you with you without fear. So what what would that mean? Hidden reefs. What do you think that means? What hidden reefs mean when he says these are men who are hidden reefs? He's compar comparing them to hidden reefs. Exactly, they are, they are a danger. They are there. They are sheep's and wolves' clothes. They, they are hiding, but they are a danger to you. Uh, they, f they, um, they feast with you without fear, caring for themselves. They just care for themselves. Clouds with a wire carry along by, the, by winds. Autumn trees with a fruit, doubly dead, uprooted. Wild waves of the sea casting up their own shame like foam. Wandering stars for whom the black, black darkness has been reserved forever. I, I think he... Judas giving us a glimpse that he heard Jesus speaking a lot. He makes a lot of uh, comparisons. They compare. He, lose, he uses a lot of this um, kind of poetic language, artistic language, to compare the, the false teachers to other things that don't bring benefit to us. Clouds with a wire, they are useless. They don't give anything. They are easily carried away by the wind. Uh, they don't have a um, strong foundation. Autumn trees without fruit. These people are fruit, fruitless. You're not going to see any fruit of the Spirit in them. Uh, we, we are told about the fruit of the Spirit, but these people are dead, doubly dead, uprooted. They cannot produce any fruit because they are not rooted in the true faith. 
wild waves of the sea casting up their own shame like foam. I don't know if I have any biologists here, but what does, what does, um, what does it ca cause the, the foam in the waves in the ocean? Does anyone know? When we see foam on the ocean, wh where does that thing come from? Yeah, there's, um, I was reading a little bit what causes this too. Uh, there's a dif different mix of stuff, that, that algae, uh, oil, fat that is found in the, in the sea, uh, even the scales of fish. So when we see foam, usually, if you wanna know if a place is clean, where it's clean, uh, you're gonna see foam. If it's, there's a lot of foam, it's probably because it's dirty, because they, there are things decaying under, they're coming up. They only, they only give what is down there in, in the deepness, dead stuff. They only, the only thing that comes out of them is death. There's nothing alive in them. And wandering stars for whom the black darkness has been reserved. Um, well, if we see a shooting star, they might shine for a little, then they are gone forever. That's what. Uh, Jude compares them to. They might be here for a little, they might shine. Uh, they, I, I think we see plenty of that um, everywhere around. Um, I can attest to that in Central America. Uh, there's a lot of false teachings. There's a lot of people that like to shine, but black darkness has been reserved for them if they don't come to repentance. Um, so that's, that's the comparison Jude does about um, for them or about them. And, they, and then it continues in verse 14, encouraging the people and also um, warning against them, but also warning to these false teachers. In love, he continues to warn about this, um, about what's coming for them if they don't repent. It was also about this man that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied saying, behold, the Lord came with many thousands of the holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all the ungodly of all their ungodly deeds which they have done in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. He just marks them out. He just says, ungodly, 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 these people are ungodly, and ungodly people are going to receive judgment. He uses um, some historic document that we don't have in the Bible, the book of Enoch. Um, so Jude is using part of their history to warn um, these people, just as he did um, before with the account of Moses. So he's using part, even things that are not in the scripture to warn about what's coming for them. For verse 16, for they are grumblers, finding fault, following after their own lust. They speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of, their gain, for, of gaining an advantage. These people are never content, uh, they grumble, and that's easy to spot 
um, in the congregations. So he, he's telling us how to identify these people. They are always, um, they, they are never content with anything. <clears throat> Verse 17 and on. Uh, through 23. This is a, an en encouragement towards the end of the letter. Um, Jude wants to encourage his, his brothers in Christ. He said, But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you, in the last time there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts, so they have been warned about this. Do not be surprised. Uh, it's easy to be discouraged. But um, as we see, uh, there, there's no need to be surprised about this. We have been warned about this over and over again by um, the apostles in, in, in their letters. These are the ones who cause divisions. Verse 19, worldly-minded. He labeled them there, uh, devoid of the spirit. He, he um, identified them as people that, that has no the spirit. They, they have no faith. They have not put their faith in, in Jesus. Therefore, uh, they have not of the spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. At the beginning, um, in verse 1, Jude identifies the believers, or he, he let us know about our position in Christ. He identifies the believers as called, beloved, in the fire and kept for Jesus Christ. So because we are called in the fire, we are to build ourselves up in our complete faith, in our most holy faith. We are to um, build each other up as a congregation, but also reading through scripture. We have to ha have a strong foundation and start building on that foundation. Um, praying in the Holy Spirit Keep yourselves in the love of God. We're beloved by God, and if we want to keep ourselves in the love of God, we have to have communion with God through our prayers, daily prayer, um, as much as we can. And then he says, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to turn alive. Verse 1, he said, we were kept for Jesus Christ, and we are kept for this. And because we are kept, for eternal life, we wait anxiously for him. We wait for that glorious day in which we'll be in eternity with him. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Verse 22. He calls us, just as he, he has been, I believe he has been calling these false teachers to repent. He tells us to, to have mercy on them. Um, well, he says to have mercy on some who doubt. There's a, lo a lot of doubt because of the confusion of all these 
uh, false teachers that uh, bring uh, just ridiculous things into 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 the church. And there's a lot of people living the faith now, especially in these times. We see this, the uh, what what they call it the construction stories after the construction stories of the faith. How people are living the faith because of all these teachings that are confusing people. People are doubting. They don't know where to stand. They don't know what to believe. So he, he, he's telling, he telling us, have, have mercy on these people that are doubting, just as the Lord has have mercy on us. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. These are people that are living in lawlessness. Um, and, some have, and on some have mercy with fear, hating even their garment polluted by the flesh. So here is where we pray to the Lord for discernment, how much we can approach, how we approach people that are dipped into these false teachings or even teaching uh, wrong things. Um, so we, we need much discernment. We need the Holy Spirit to know how to approach and not be not fall in the same trap that they have fall, not being so that we are not driven by the flesh like they are. And here the closing statement is a praise to the Lord, but I believe um, in a way Jude is also telling people, don't, do not think too much of yourself. He says, now to him, who is able to keep you from stumbling. If you think these people are bad, if you think these people deserve punishment, just remember, the one who keeps you from stumbling is the Lord. It's not yourself. There's nothing that you can do on your own that gives you the right to stand before God. It's Jesus. He, again, verse 1, we are kept for Jesus Christ, and he's the one who keeps us. He's the one who keeps us from stumbling and and not falling into these traps. We are not better than them. And, and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. Again, the only reason why we stand blameless before God is because, is because our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority for all time and now and forever. Amen. So he closes this letter telling them you know glory to him but remember there is nothing you can do in your own to stand in the presence of his glory the only reason we can we are called holy is because of our savior Jesus Christ who make, makes us holy so that's the warning Jude has for us um against them and also I, I believe in a loving way he's warning to these false teachers of the judgment that is coming. It's an encouraging letter because um, personal experience, um, I have talked to some people at home. We don't have a, a church uh, where we can attend. Uh, the Baptist church we were attending uh, over a year ago, they they, uh, the pastor quit. Um, he had to take care of some issues in his family, so he, he, he saw it fit not to continue pastoring the church. So we have been 
that church has not have a pastor for over a year, and we have done our best to try to find a church where they teach sound doctrine, and it's very, very discouraging not to be able to find one. So at home, we do Bible studies with young adults, and we also we started a, a Bible study for families. So that's how we keep uh, uh, growing in Christ and how we are encouraging others to, 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 to follow Christ and also to, to follow sound doctrine. It's, it's very hard uh, to see how many churches um, have so many different teachings that come, honestly, just come from the devil. A lot of new age beliefs and all kinds of, all sorts of things. So it's, it's discouraging, but you um, tells us um, about this. He, he tells us the other disciples have warned us about this. There are going to be many false teachers. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to creep into the church, and, and he says th there's going to be judgment for them. So as much as it's discouraging, it's very discouraging, um, uh, there's going to be judgment for, for them and also have mercy on them. Remember, you are right with God because of Jesus Christ. So have mercy on others. And hopefully, as he says, hopefully we can snatch some out of the fire and bring them to saving faith in Jesus Christ. So that's the book of Jesus. Thank you so much. Uh, we can close in prayer. And I think we're in time. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this little letter that was written by Jude. Uh, it's a short letter, but there's so much we can learn from it. It's hard to unpack in 45 minutes, but um, it's an encouragement to know that uh, with all the evil going around the world and even within the church, you're going to be judged. There's, there, there's going to be judgment. For those who who are stumbling blocks for others, for those who preach a different gospel, as Paul says, not that there is a different gospel, but that people come and try to distort the, the truth. So God, um, we, we can find encouragement in that. Help us to find encouragement in that, to know that you're not going to be fooled by anyone, but you're going you're gonna to judge rightly and according to everyone's deeds and their rejection or acceptance of, of Jesus, Jesus Christ. So help us to have mercy in others. Um, we know there's a lot going on. We might know a lot of people that are into cults or different false um, religions or even people that call themselves Christians, but it's just by name and they live according to, to the flesh. So in your Holy Spirit, just give us discernment to how to approach these people. Uh, maybe they need a warning like Jude is doing here, a warning of judgment, but or all God help us to do it with love because uh, God, you have shown so much love to us. You have bestowed your love upon us and your mercy and your grace, God. So there's nothing in us that is worth um, being in your presence, but by the blood of Christ, we, we stand in your presence. So thank you so much for, for the opportunity to be here with 
my brothers and sisters at Burning Bible Church, which have been an encouragement in our lives. And uh, yeah, we, we, I just thank you for that. And just pray that, that this uh, Sunday would be a much blessing as, Char as the Charlie brings the sermon today.